Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. It's time for the match preview with myself, Andrew Muscup, and John Gibson for the final time this season. And what a season it has been. I haven't gone right back to the first episode, John. I haven't done that. I haven't. But I can guarantee that neither of us said Newcastle United would finish in the top four and secure Champions League football. Well, that is exactly what they have done. Thanks to that point against Leicester City. Has it sunk in yet? No, um, for most people, I think. <clears throat> and Eddie Howe was the first to say that he never said that before the season started. It, privately, never mind publicly, that Newcastle would finish in the top four. He, he was looking to be safe mid-table after what had gone before. In other words, heading in the right direction, but not as quickly as this. This is a nosebleed. It's been absolutely incredible and absolutely wonderful. And you know what? I got to thinking uh, once the job was done against Leicester, officially done, I think it's been done for a while, but we had to dot the I's and cross the T's, and we've done that now. And I was thinking back to how unexpected it was. You know, somebody that had been around as long as me, and how unexpected this season has been, even for me. And in a different way, you know, it took me back to when Newcastle United first went into Europe. The first time ever in the club's history, which was 1968. And how unexpected, in a totally different way, that was. Because uh, we'd only finished 10th in the old first division. Um, now, that was hardly going to excite you about Europe. The odds are that we weren't going to make the European Fairs Cup at all. I mean, the FA nominated four sides instead of three and we were the fourth team, and that was only done because there was talk of the Fairs Cup being extended from 48 entries to 64. So Newcastle's name was put forward. But no less than the FIFA president, Sir Stanley Rouse, come out against it before the whole thing was done and said, I don't think it should be extended, it's going to dilute it, etc., etc. Newcastle was so convinced, that is, and it was the one city, one club, for example, only one club out of London, only one out of Birmingham, uh, Manchester, Liverpool. Newcastle was so uh, convinced that they weren't going to get in that they didn't send a delegation to Copenhagen where the meeting was. The other three English sides sent a delegation out there. We didn't. You know what we did instead? This is quite incredible. Can you imagine Amanda Staveley and Eddie Howe doing this? You know what Newcastle did instead of sending somebody out to Copenhagen? They, they got the manager, Joe Harvey, and one of the directors, Wilf Taylor, to phone me at the Evening Chronicle and stay on an open line while the teleprinter was printing the news from what was happening in Copenhagen so I could relate to them whether they were in Europe or not in Europe. Can you imagine that these days? And the incredible thing, and it had to happen with Newcastle United, didn't it? The teleprinter broke down halfway through the draw. And the only way we're going to know whether Newcastle was in or not is if they come up in the draw. If they didn't, they'd obviously... You know, England weren't going to be allowed four sides. And it broke down, and for 10 minutes, we never got the draw. Then the printer started up again, and it suddenly come up, Newcastle United v Fino, and that's when Newcastle United, and I told Will Taylor and Joe, knew they were in Europe. They went on to win it, for goodness sake. 
Can you believe that? I mean, that is how unexpected you was the first time. It's unexpected this time because we're talking about the Champions League, the creme de la creme, not the Europa League or the conference. We're talking about the Champions League. That was totally unexpected. Newcastle do the unexpected. Now, I'm not suggesting, before you ask the question, that means Newcastle's going to go on and win the Champions League this year because they went on and won in 68-69 because this is the blue chip competition. This isn't the Europa League. Funny enough, Newcastle could have won the Europa League next season, you know, with a few signings in the summer, etc. But hey, no, let's go all the way and let's have, let's have the Champions League and let's have the big sides coming to St. James's Park. They won't fancy that. But I'm not going to suggest they're going to win it. But that's how unexpected it was to me in 68. And that's how unexpected it's been to me this season. Because Champions League, goodness gracious, don't make me smile. We, you know, we're, we're far too used to relegation to think of the other end of the table. And it's been absolutely fabulous. And what's good about it, it's been thoroughly deserved. You know what? When we were fighting relegation, it was thoroughly deserved by the owner, Mike Ashley, and by some of the managers that worked under Mike Ashley, but it wasn't thoroughly deserved for the fans. This is thoroughly deserved for everybody. The owners, the manager, the coaches, and above all, the long-suffering fans, because they're the common denominator. They're the people that have been there all the time. Not the current lot of players, not the current managers, etc. The fans. Yep, thoroughly deserved. They've got there on merit, which is brilliant. They've shut up the critics who doubted them. Obviously, the task is about staying in the top four next season, but we will discuss that in the summer, John. Yeah. Me and John will be back in the summer with plenty of episodes. Don't fear, just because the season's ending, we'll disappear. We won't. We'll be bringing you some great content. Um, I was with Alan Foggin, actually, for the Leicester game. Now, he holds the record. John won't need uh, telling this. He'll know this. But he holds the record for being the youngest goal scorer in Europe for Newcastle United. He scored in the final. So part of that team, the last team to win a major honour for Newcastle United. And, you know, he's so excited to see Newcastle back into Europe. Of course. He wants to, he wants to lose the tag of being part of that last team. He wants a new team to win a, a cup for Newcastle. He wants to go to Italy. John. Now, I don't know if that's because he heard everyone singing it, but his pick was to go to Italy. He said he never played in Italy and he's never been. So maybe the San Siro for Alan. Uh, what about you? Are you? Have you got anywhere in mind? Oh, uh, dear me, that's a great, great question. Um, it's it's funny, isn't it? But you want to go to the, to the, the real powerhouses. And that makes it that much more difficult because these are the best sides. But you want to go, I want to go, I'd like to go and play Real Madrid. We've done Barcelona um, and, by the way, beaten them 3-2. My greatest uh, Champions League memory, not European memory, Champions League memory, is Newcastle 3, Barcelona 2, without a shadow. We've beaten Barcelona. We've played into Milan a couple of times. I watched us knock into Milan out the first cup uh, a couple of seasons after they won it. Um, So, by then, Alan had gone. Um, But... Yeah, so I would like to go to Real Madrid. They're still the royalty of European football. They've won more Champions League, hyphen, European Cups than anybody. So I would like to go there. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see where Newcastle 
are heading that draw, not until September, but I'm sure everyone's checking their passports and pinpointing exactly where they would like to go. Uh, you mentioned there Newcastle do the unexpected, John. I have written a piece that's online right now regarding, actually, my view, Newcastle do the expected because we know they needed just a point against Leicester. We would have liked door three, but I expected them to at least get a point. You know, I expected them to do what was necessary. And that is the Newcastle of now. They do what is expected. When you think they're going to win or draw, they'll do it. Whereas Newcastle of old, they would slip up against Leicester. And I know they very nearly did. Thanks, Nick Pope, for, for making sure they didn't. But my point being, on and off the pitch, they're just running a football club, how a football club should be run. And it sounds daft, but that was never the norm under Mike Ashley. And it's just refreshing to have owners and a manager doing the expected for an ambitious football club. Absolutely. Uh, but on occasions, of course, doing it so much better than we expected it. I mean, we expect results now and we get them. But we didn't expect to be five up in 20 minutes against Spurs. And we didn't expect, I think, to beat Brighton 4-1 up here in the game that, for me, was still the one that confirmed the Champions League. I know that mathematically that was Leicester. But really, for me, once we beat Brighton, we were there. That was the killer. That was the one where we could trip up. That was the Brighton that had gone to Arsenal and absolutely ripped them apart. And we were wondering what they might do here. We destroyed them for one. We destroyed Spurs six. We went to West Ham and won five. And, you know, we've exceeded what is expected. We expect the basics, Newcastle to win. Newcastle to qualify for the Champions League against Leicester, etc., etc. But we often do it way up and beyond anything we can we can expect. Um, that's why the one blemish and the one sadness I had uh, over the, the the season was the uh, League Cup final uh, lost to Manchester United. And the more I think about it, Andrew, the more it just came at the wrong time. It came as the meat and the sandwich of three 2-0 defeats on the bounce. And if you think about that, in the league, Manchester United couldn't beat us. A few weeks after we, we lost at Wembley, we beat them 2-0 up here. And before we went to Wembley, we went down to Old Trafford and got a note-note. They couldn't beat us in two matches in the league. But, but on that one day, when we had the... Ridiculous nonsense over the goalkeepers. Not that I'm blaming carriers for the goals because I'm not. They weren't his fault. But it didn't do us any uh, favours having that situation. Uh, apart from that, and I can stand that. If we are going to finish in the Champions League and having played in a, in a Wembley Cup final, that's not a bad old season for starters because this is just starters. This isn't the pinnacle, this is starters. And that's not a bad old season for starters, is it? No, not at all. It's a great foundation, isn't it? And everyone's so excited to see what, what happens next. It's going to be a, a task of, I think, the club, the ownership, and we'll have to play our part as well, keeping everyone grounded. But I'm sure the squad will remain modest as they are. Let's, let, us, let us not stay too grounded for the next month, though. Let's, um, let's, let's enjoy, enjoy where we are, and we've got every right to. And things can't go wrong after Chelsea because we're not playing anymore. So we can afford to uh, not tie our ankles down to the bedpost, but to be able to fly high and uh, wax and gurgle. Let us do that, and then let's be sensible again when we start playing. 
Yeah, and I'm sure the summer transfer window will accelerate uh, the feeling of excitement. And once again, me and John will will bring you an episode or two looking ahead to the window once the season has finished. Newcastle do travel down to Stamford Bridge on Sunday to wrap the season up down to face Chelsea, who by all accounts are an absolute mess. Bringing Frank Lampard back in has to be one of the strangest decisions I have ever witnessed in my time of watching Premier League football. I still don't understand it. I don't know what on earth uh, the Chelsea owner thought he was doing, although I don't really think he thinks most of the time about what he's doing. The last 10 games, John, they've picked up just eight points. The same run of games, Newcastle have picked up 23 points. You know, this on paper is a game Newcastle should win, but with it being the final game of the season, with Champions League being sewn up, with the injuries that Newcastle are carrying, knocks and bruises after the game against Leicester, do we even care? Do you care? Well, no. I mean, that's the wonderful thing, isn't it? Uh, I mean, yes, we care because we're pride and Eddie, uh, if Geordie pride, then we care because uh, Eddie Howell makes certain they care because he'll not want to go out on not a defeat, but a bad defeat. You know, you wouldn't want a bad defeat to, to sour it in any simple way. Bottom line is the job's done, of course, um, because we're into the Champions League. It doesn't really matter what the result is down there, but let's not be humiliated. We know what chance we have the minute we see the team sheet an hour before kickoff. I mean, is half a dozen going to be rested because they can't find enough sticking plaster for them all? Is there going to be no Joe Linton? Is there going to be no... Bruno, who's had so many knocks, uh, there's already no Willick. Um, but then again, what's, what rabbits brought out the hat? Where did Sean Longstaff come from against uh, Leicester? I mean, you know, he was the one that was definitely not playing along with Willick, apart from the fact he was then definitely playing. Um, and Anderson was the one that was going to start, then he wasn't starting, then he was starting because of Joe Linton. So the team that would put out them nail tell us a lot. I would like us not to be beaten there. Uh, it doesn't really matter anymore. But I would like us not to be beaten there because, it, it, you know, we deserve that sort of end to the season. And I think the attitude will be right at whatever team is put out down there. The attitude will be right. And the possibility of, of being able to win because of the way Chelsea are, um, you know, makes it makes you thirst for one last two are. Mm. And you're 100%, 100% spot on, Eddie Howe's standards are so high that he will set up a team to win. He will make sure that they put 100% effort in. The players will want to give their all, you know, a sell-out away crowd. They're going down on the boats, down the Thames as well before, yeah. and it's going to be a right party atmosphere. He'll send his strongest possible team out. Like you say, it's just about who can find that little bit, uh, the last bit of energy to, to step up and to make sure they're ready. Do we think Joe Linton, look, whatever cut him out of the game against Leicester, a game he was clearly devastated not to be part of, must have been pretty serious. So, I mean, will he play against Chelsea? Or, you know, I think Bruno will. I think Bruno will want to. You're going to want to play in front of them 3,500 fans. You know, they've made the journey to come down. They're going to be boisterous. You will want to pull on the black and white shirt for the final time this season. Um, Yeah, I, I mean, team-wise... I'm looking at it. I think, really, it'll probably be an unchanged side, I think, to the team he played against Leicester. Right. Um... I can't think anyone that had to go off 
carrying mm. enough, did they? No, I don't know. I think it'll be no. an unchanged side. Yeah, it, it could easily uh, and hopefully is an unchanged side because, uh, and that would put Anderson in as starting it because he, he did do that because of Joe Linton. Um, and it's just a matter of whether he wanted to rest or juggle or reward a front three player by saying you've been, you know, terrific all season, you've been chief support, we'll give you a little run out now because that's the only place where he's got a little bit of wiggle room if he wanted to reward Gordon or put Murphy back in the running after he's growing or say to San Maximum, either prove you're good enough to stay or say goodbye to the fans, whichever case it, it's going to be. But does he do that sort of thing? You know, I had a look. The wonderful thing about how well Newcastle have done this season came to me when I saw the piece this week, Andrew, which says Kieran Trippier had won Player of the Year. Um, now, nobody's going to argue with that. He's been our standard bearer from day one. If he had not arrived at this club, none of the other great players would have arrived because he was the guy that gave up Atletico Madrid, gave up winning La Liga, was in a current England international, etc., etc., to come here. He showed the bravery and has been our standard bearer as skipper and as set-piece man all season. But you know what? Would anybody complain if Bruno, because of his early, had won Player of the Year, if Joe Linton had won Player of the Year, if, if Nick Pope had won Player of the Year, if Wilson had won Player of the Year for 18 Premier League goals, the biggest total since Shearer, if Isaac had, Isaac had been voted Player of the Half Year, would it, would anybody be... They, we've had that many good performers, you could almost flick a coin on who the Player of the Year is, and that tells us everything. Because in the past, on occasions... It's been an embarrassment to pick a player of the year at Newcastle. We've had, yeah, some, well, you know, we've had some great ones in the past with with Shearer and Keegan and all that. But there's been seasons where it's been an embarrassment. Yeah, well, St. Maxman won the Chronicle Player of the Year, I think, twice in a row. Last year he didn't. This year he won't either. So it shows you the change in level. And it is great that, like you say, you could pick one of several players oh. and not be disappointed with the outcome. It's interesting though you mentioned there. Um, St. Maximum, because obviously, you know, some people think he will be sold in the summer. And there's, there's talk about final farewells um, on Sunday. So, you know, maybe the likes of Xavi Manquillo could be won. Um, unfortunately, Jamal Lascelles, he won't be able to play because of the injuries picked up. But I think even if, you know, he was able to play, I'm not sure Eddie Howe's the sentimental type of guy to pick a team on based on or oh, this is your chance to say goodbye. You might bring him on with 10 minutes to go, but I'm not sure he's the kind of person to pick a team because it's a nice thing to do. So our, the team will be the strongest you, possible team. You may pick him as a challenge. You go and prove yourself what you are. You, you, we, we know what you think you are. You go and show me yet again what you're capable of doing if you stay at this club. It might be one of them. I would imagine that there's a possibility if if we aren't getting beaten, if we're drawn or we're winning in the last 10 minutes, sentiment will come in then. I would expect if he was around, you know, it's the sort of time you would see Matt Ritchie if he was fit, uh, sort of getting it, or, or even a Paul Dummett or somebody like that getting 10 minutes. Not necessarily starting, but being put on. Remember, he tried to get Dummett on recently, 
and then ran out of time. There were three blues yeah. whistle with Dummett standing on the touchline. Might be a nice time to introduce, like you say, with Terence score, Harrison Ashby could maybe get his first introduction of first team football. Lewis Miley was on the bench uh, against Leicester, so he's he's tipped for, for big things alongside Elliot Anderson, so maybe he might get a run out. And it is the kind of game with 10 minutes to go, if Newcastle are winning, that you could see Eddie Howe maybe just bring down his guard a little bit and go on, go on them. Because it would be a great experience for Lewis Miley and, and Ashby to, to get that little bit of a taste of Premier League action. Of course, of course. And, and they're the, the future of Newcastle. It mightn't be the present of Newcastle, but they're the future. Um, there's no question about that. So that would be nice. And I think under those circumstances, Eddie would do that. What he would not do is pick a team to kick off down there with Ashby in it and Miley in it and um, Richie in it and whoever, whoever. He wouldn't do that. Uh, there's no way he'll do that. He'll pick the strongest side he can pick, as you said, outside of injuries. The, yeah. That's what he'll do. It's a, fine, it's a final time around the Mulberry Bush, isn't it? So yeah. he will do. And you mentioned there, Matt Ritchie, Look, you, we, we think his time is probably coming to an end. But if I were Newcastle United, I would be doing everything to persuade him to join the coaching staff. We know that they are looking to bring in someone with experience for the academy who, who can still play a little bit, but as well who wants to learn about coaching and just get that experience to, to the youngsters. He'd be absolutely perfect because yeah. his standards are so high. I think he'd make a great coach and if he's happy to stay up in Newcastle and we know he's got his family connections down south, but if he's settled here and he wants to stay, the club really should be trying to get him on side and saying, look, you go and teach the next generation because like sure. I, said, I think that's not. Yeah, yeah I th I'm certain that's been mentioned by Eddie to him in private uh, conversations because he is an Eddie Howe player. And not just because he was a Bournemouth with Eddie Howe, because Ryan Fraser was a Bournemouth with Eddie Howe, but he's not a Eddie Howe player. Uh, far from it. That's somebody that will not get his chance to say goodbye. He'll, he'll just be given a parachute. He won't be allowed to go around the pit. Um, but it, with there'll be so much respect shown to Matt Ritchie by Eddie Howe that, you know, he's had his family ties tugging at him to go down south and and be more live more at home etc etc and that'll decide his future how how much of a if a you know if a wish that is to return to the bosom of his family or to continue indefinitely in coaching up here that'll decide and it will be respected by Eddie Howe who's got total sort of um, empathy with with Matt Ritchie he's one of the the good guys as we say I don't think we'll see. Ryan Fraser, even in the um, academy next season. No, he'll be on his way. Let's get back to Chelsea. And it's not often that I do this, but John Gibson was right about something. It's not often that he's right about most anything, really, but he was right about something. Do you know what it is, John? Well, I'm right about so much. I'm not certain which one it is you're <laughs> going to pick. <laughs> no, all those months ago, I think, you can, I think you can probably guess, all those months ago uh, when Eddie Howe was appointed Newcastle United manager and a lot of people outside of Tyneside said Stephen Gerrard and Frank Lampard would have been better options. We have Frank Lampard messing it up at Everton, celebrating survival like he was winning a cup in an embarrassing uh, pitch invasion, in my view. Um, he then heads to Chelsea. He gets he must be the luckiest man 
in football. And it goes even worse than it was under Graham Potter. John, you were spot on. Eddie Howe is much the better manager than Frank Lampard. No question. No question. Um, And I'm so pleased it's turned out that way. Um, You can have your opinion. You don't know if you're going to be right or not. I mean, I also said, if we go further back, that, that Steve Bruce was exactly the worst appointment for Newcastle United. And that was very hard for me to say because at the time, Bruce, he was a friend of mine from his playing days when he was captain of Manchester United and from Walls End Boys Club. He'd always been a pal of mine. But I didn't want him to take the Newcastle job because this, not because of Ashley, because that's the sort of fellow that would appoint him, but because I knew it was beyond him. And I was desperate to get a message to him not to take it. Uh, he did take it. And from day one, it was a disaster. And it cost me a friendship because I professionally felt I had to tell the truth. And I did tell the truth with him while he was here, not after he left. Um, and that cost a friendship. But you've got to be honest in your opinion. Your opinion doesn't mean you're right all the time. Eddie Howe's not right all the time. But I can't think of too often when he wasn't right, by the way. But nobody's right all the time. As as Bob Paisley said to me, the great managers aren't right all the time. They're right most of the time. And what they do is cover up the mistakes so quick, it's untrue, uh, by getting somebody out of the club that is a poor sign. Um, but yes, Eddie Howe, it does... Goodness gracious, Andrew, we are the world's greatest authority on the fact that great world-class footballers don't make great world-class managers. Because we've had Rude Hullet, we've had uh, Graham Souness, we've had Ozzy Ardiles, world-class Kenny Dalglish, world-class footballers who weren't world-class managers. So, you know, the only reason Gerard and Lampard were getting jobs is because what they did on the football field, on the field. That doesn't make them a good manager. Bobby Moore was a disaster as a manager. Sir Stanley Matthews was a disaster as a manager. Bobby Charlton was a disaster as a manager. It doesn't follow. And then you look at the great successes. Ferguson was an average centre-forward, Alec Ferguson, with Glasgow Rangers. Wenger couldn't play. Mourinho couldn't play. Eddie Howe was a, a lower division defender. But that doesn't mean he's not a cracker manager, and that's exactly what he is. And good luck to him. This is this the the start of a terrific career for him. He did his apprenticeship magnificently at Bournemouth, and now he's getting his just desserts. And you know the one thing with him, he'll never think he can walk on water, and that's that's the secret for Newcastle United, is he will never get too big for his boots, and he'll make certain that others around him don't, or if they do, they very quickly got rid of. Yeah, very modest. I mean, Lampard's record at Chelsea as caretaker, nine games, one win, one draw, and seven defeats. I mean, I know it's a mess at Chelsea, but that still is a pretty poor record. Um, Potter Potter would have done better than that. Yeah, yeah. And do you know what? Obviously... They're going to appoint, it looks like, Pochettino in the, in the summer. Uh, so Lampard will want to go out in front of his set of fans with a win, with a big performance. I just, but I just can't see it happening. For all Newcastle United might have one eye on the summer, 
you know, and it'll be a very small bit of that eye because, as we said, how his standards are set so high. I just can't see Chelsea beating Newcastle because they're just so disjointed and so unorganised. They've got another match to play before that. Well, I was going to come on to that. They play Manchester United on Thursday evening, and it's funny. And by the way, we want them to beat Manchester United. Exactly. So they could have their... If they could have their best performance under Manchester United as Frank Lampard as caretaker manager, we'll take that. And then if they go back to their norm on Sunday, being absolutely crap, we'll take yeah. that, won't we, John? Well, that's what happened with Brighton. That We got Brighton 1, Everton 5, and we thought, terrific, bring them up here. And then all of a sudden, we get Arsenal, North, Brighton 3, and we think it's going to be horrendous up here. And we give them such a smack and they've gone back to the Everton-type scoreline again. So, yes, I would love that to happen with Chelsea. And you keep thinking with the amount of quality players they've got that you, that you might just get a tune out of them for one game. And But it wouldn't be Frank doing it, you know. It would be the boys themselves saying, hey, come on. We are better than this. We're humiliating ourselves. It wouldn't be anything Frank does. Frank is so out of his depth Poor lad, he looks like he's caught in the headlights. He looks like... I mean, what job is he going to get to follow this, Andrew? You know, if this was a sort of... Um, uh, if this was a, a job application for, for other clubs to take him on, I mean, you would appoint Roy Hodgson, who's uh, about 97, before you would appoint Frank Lampard for any club next season, would you not? Well, you say that... Firstly, John, if Roy Hodgson's 97, how old are you? 21. Did you not know? <laughs> and secondly, you say that about Frank Lampard. But hey, was was his job at Everton, his record at Everton, an advert for the Chelsea job? Stranger no, things have oh, happened in football. Well, of course. Well, no, the Chelsea thing, apart from the fact that it was consistent, because they get it consistently wrong since they changed the ownership. What he in in what the owner tried to do, the owner was in a mess, a big, big mess. He had appointed Potter. He then decided that he appointed somebody and the job was far too big for him. We're going to have to go out and get a, a, a good manager. Who can we bring in to hold the fort in the meantime? Or we'll go and get a club legend. Mike Ashley had exactly the same thinking at Newcastle when he appointed Kevin Keegan and he appointed Alan Shearer. And he humiliated two of the greatest legends in our history, the way he tracked the, the pair of them. And, and you know, the, the whole thing didn't work. It's, it's one of those things, isn't it? Just go and get a club legend. That'll pacify the fans. That'll keep the heat off me while I go about my job behind the scenes of finding somebody else. That was why Lampard was appointed. That's why Keegan and Shearer was appointed by Ashley. Mm. Now... The highest they can finish is 12th. The lowest they can finish is 14th, although it would take a big goal difference swing. Newcastle would really have to thump them. But then if Chelsea do lose against Manchester United and then Newcastle thump them and West Ham win, I think it's Wolves as well, you could finish as low as 14th, which is which is utterly baffling considering the money they've spent, the quality they have got. They have got good players. Now, a lot of people, John, talk about... Um, next season and how there's going to be the likes of Liverpool, Spurs, Chelsea, all bouncing back, all going to be better than they are this season. But actually, I look at Chelsea and I think, are they? Because 
you might go and appoint a brilliant manager in Pochettino, but he's got to put out a lot of fires before he even sees the foundations of, of, of the building, which is currently ablaze. And then I also feel I would like to see his contract because it's going to have to be watertight and it's going to have to say something like, I sign the players, you, Mr. Bowley, do not come anywhere near the transfer list. It's up to me who I want. You just sign the checks because I have a little bit of feeling we might just see exactly the same kind of scattergun approach in the transfer market. I mean, you're quite right. It's people kind of believe that Liverpool, Chelsea and Spurs can be that poor again when they allegedly three of the Super Six. Um, and I can follow that thinking. I think Liverpool will is, is the best bet of those three to be able to come back next season with an astute summer and the, the mounted a bit of a charge at the end of the season there. I think they could they could come again. But we'll talk about Spurs being this and that and the other. They don't win things. And with they had Pochettino and didn't win a trophy, they got very close. They finished runners-up in the Premier League and they got to a uh, Champions League final. But they didn't win anything. We got close under um, Kevin Keegan and, and Robson, but we didn't win anything. Um, Eddie Howe's getting close now, but he's got to win something. And he, I think he knows that. If he... When he... When, let's say when, not if, when he wins something at Newcastle, he immediately moves above two legends like Kevin Keegan and Bobby Robson. And he, he goes alongside Joe Harvey. If he goes on and wins a second thing, he stands above them all. That is the incentive for Eddie Howe. But right now, it was, I think I'm looking at the entertainers that I saw with Kevin Keegan. The future looked so bright. We played on the front foot, not the back foot. We made brilliant signings. None of them failed. This is a replica. What I'm looking for, and I'm certain we'll get it, is Newcastle this time to go on and win things. You don't want to come out. I mean, I'm so proud of the entertainers and the very small part I played in that as a member of the Magpie Group. But I'm so sad that we didn't quite win something. We had two runners-up in the Premier League. We It was the really the, the remnants of the entertainers that went to the 98 and 99 Cup Finals. But we never actually... We played Champions League, etc. But never actually put that silver pot on the table. I'm very anxious for Newcastle and Eddie to do that sooner rather than later. And that's the refreshing thing about Eddie Howe. He was asked about the achievement of qualifying in the top four after the Leicester game. And he said, well, I haven't won anything. And that's that's the refreshing thing. He's, he knows what he has to do. He's always looking to improve. And I'm just looking forward to the future. Um, on Chelsea, a lot of the players are continuously linked to a move to Newcastle. We know they're going to have to ship out a lot of players because at the moment they could fill Haymarket bus station with the amount of players they've got in their squad. The awesome, talented players, now the likes of Conor Gallagher, are consistently linked to Newcastle. Uh, Loftus Cheek, I think, would be would be a decent signing as well. Is it a bit of an advert, a bit of a chance for for those players who are linked to Newcastle to to maybe get into the mind of Eddie Howe and show them, show the manager, show Dan Ashworth, hey, I could do a job in a black and white shirt. 
Well, they've got to be picked first. We thought that might be the chance with Leicester, with Madison and Harvey Barnes. There's a chance to come to Newcastle United, look absolute class players, and get a transfer to Newcastle United. The Leicester manager didn't even start them. Will Lampard start those guys? Um, and to be truthful, I'm getting to the stage now where, you know what? We are Champions League and they've had a bad season, Chelsea and Leicester have had a bad season. I'm getting to the stage now where do I want these guys? Are they in the right frame of mind? Are they going to be good enough for what we want, etc., etc.? Um, you, you also worry, and I, I said with Madison, I don't believe Madison's a bad egg or anything like that, but you also worry about the, the state of, of mind of players. Um, the only thing I would say is that one of the great signings we've had this season, Nick Pope, was with a side last season that was relegated and came here fresh as a daisy, determined to show that he was quality and has done exactly that. Yeah, I mean, it, that is always the big debate and it's a big debate nearly every week on the, the Monday show with myself and Aaron Stokes where we've got a few of our regular watchers who don't want to touch any player who's gone down with a relegated side. But for me... You know, just because you've gone down a relegated side doesn't mean you're a bad player. It just means the team hasn't worked. It's been a bad season. But it means you know, the ten, the other ten are bad players sometimes. It yeah, means that. yeah. It's a team game, isn't it? And Pope is a great example, Andrew, of somebody that went down and not off was worth taking. Um, there's no question about that. Hey, listen, you could look at my hand and see four fingers and a thumb. And I couldn't find five players that haven't done it for Newcastle that have signed under the current regime. I, I could probably find be lucky to find two that, that haven't lived up to their reputation. So how about we just let it let, stay with Eddie and the boys and just wait and see who he gets and then wait and see how they perform? Because that's the one thing that make and we've discussed that on this particular podcast in the past, Andrew. But that's the greatest thing Gordon's got going from is that how wanted him. Because otherwise you would look at him and say, Is this guy good enough? Is it gonna work? Is he gonna make it? And then you say, Ah, but wait a minute, hang on. Eddie Howe actually wanted him in, in, in some as an Eddie Howe type of player. So perhaps the magic stardust that was sprinkled on Miggy, that was sprinkled on Joe Linton, uh, on Sean Longstaff, that revived Joe Willock back to the player he was when we signed him, etc., you know, can, can show on him. Yeah, and I guess you're referring there to this kind of character test that they always apply to, to new yeah. signings. They don't yeah. just go and sign someone on a, on a whim or half a good season like like a lot of teams do. We look at uh, the Ukrainian chap who signed for Chelsea for, what, 100 and odd million after, what, one and a bit good seasons. I mean, that just looks like a, a very bizarre kind of move. Mm. Um, whereas with Newcastle, they do their homework and it's not always about ability. That's not the only thing they're looking for. They're looking for how they fit into the team. Do they understand what this club means to the people? Will they fit into the dressing room? Do they apply themselves right? And I totally agree with you. I think that is the best thing Anthony Gordon's got going from that. Dan Ashworth, Steve Nixon, Eddie Howe have clearly done what they always do and they think he's perfect for this club. And, you know, as we said last week, John, 
give him a full preseason, and I think we'll see the best of Anthony Gordon. Yeah, I mean, you know, you look at you look at the and things always change, but you look at Ryan Fraser, for example. There's no question there's ability in there. There's no question that he has a certain ability, not world class, but a certain ability. But there's also no question because of what we've seen happen that that um, his mental situation, attitude towards the club, etc., is not what Eddie Howe looks for. Um, and therefore, that can happen. And of course, Eddie Howe didn't buy him at Newcastle. As, as we well know, he inherited him again when he came up here, uh, you know, having had that little spat down at uh, Bournemouth when Ryan wouldn't play at the end of the season and they were relegated. Um, so, yes, it, and it is very, very important. We have seen a lot of players down the years, huge on ability, not so clever on attitude, never fulfilled everything they ought to have fulfilled in their career because they didn't have the attitude to go with the ability. Have you seen enough from Anthony Gordon to suggest he's got the right attitude and he's got the ability? Or is that jury's out at the moment? Well, the Geordie the jury's out. Uh, the thing he's got going for him is that the uh, Eddie Howe jury isn't out. I mean, they must believe he's got the right ability. Uh, the, not ability, the right attitude. Uh, there's people at outsiders that don't know try to suggest that he might not have because of the way he left his boyhood club, Everton, etc., etc. But you've got to believe, and it's too early to decide what the situation is with Anthony Gordon. He needs a preseason. He needs a preseason and to start from scratch next year with the the rest. And it's a it's a massive season for everybody because it's a Champions League season. But it's particularly massive for him because it's a make or break season for him. Hmm. But I think I like to say give him a full preseason, he'll be he'll be cracking and um We've seen Bruno come on after a full season as well, so I think I think when they get a, f- a full preseason with 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 Eddie Howe and the staff, we will see benefits. Um, just a quick word on them two names I mentioned from Chelsea: Conor Gallagher, Ruben Loftus Cheek. If they were in black and white come the start of next season, would you would be would you be happy with them? Is Conor Gallagher someone that does catch your eye? In passing, no more uh, Loftus Cheek. No, thanks. We've passed him by. He should have been in Newcastle a year ago if he wanted to come to Newcastle because we're at his level now. We've passed him by. Um, I'm not I'm not suggesting they, they're not good players, but I'm suggesting they're not a good enough player for Newcastle. Conor Carragher is different. Uh, he's got half a chance. He had a good season at Palace, but he would have a good season at Palace Apart from Zaha, who was around the palace to make it that look was going to look a better player than you when you were when you were there. Now the other couple of boys have come through with Palace and uh, and look a bit nifty, but um, it it wouldn't set me rocking back on my heels, getting the cigars out and looking for the white wine in the fridge if uh, we signed either of those players. Well, here's another name, the final name that I'll throw at you from Chelsea. What about Engolo Kante? Now he might be thirty-two. But could he come in and just offer that little bit of experience and a little bit of a wiser head to, to what Eddie Howe wants to, to achieve, obviously with the Champions League and, and, and maintaining that top four push? Would that be would that be a deal you you, you would once, turn your nose at that? Once upon a time he would have been sensation. 
because what a what a good player he was. I think it's two seasons too late. Um, no, we'll get better in him. Just sit tight, put your seatbelt on and wait. We'll do better. Be interesting because he is out of contract and he's linked with a move to Arsenal. Um, so one that will be interesting to see in the I summer. Hope, the I hope Arsenal will take him. I hope well, they could have they could have both Jorginho and uh, Kante in the middle of the park. So they're just building a Chelsea side essentially. I was going um, to say yeah. that that make them visionary, wouldn't it? But there we go. There we go. That's there we awesome. Go. Yeah. Um, yeah, hey, let, be... us ju- let us just enjoy this wonderful, wonderful, wonderful time we've had. Let's keep the faith, my famous expression, and keep the faith in Newcastle's recruit. You know what? I feel terrific because I've got faith in our recruitment. I've got faith in the manager, having had Steve McLaren, Joe Kinnear, Steve Bruce. I've actually got a manager, and I've, I've got faith in who Newcastle signed. And, and where we are, you know what? At Chelsea on Sunday, job done. Go on, my hollies, get the sun cream out. Hasn't life turned out to be wonderful? Uh, having lived down a coal mine at midnight for 15 years, I've emerged into sunlight and uh, it's terrific. I'm loving it and I'm, next season can't come too quickly. Is your passport ready? Everything's ready. In fact, I'm, you know, I'm thinking of beginning to hitch the lift over there once we wrap up on Sunday. So I'm already on the continent waiting for us to come and join us. It'll be terrific. Uh, Let us be brutally truthful. Next season is going to be where it all starts because this season has been terrific. But apart, we've only had to concentrate on the Premier League and the League Cup. Next year, we've got to concentrate on the Premier League and the Champions League and then the two domestic cups. Now, balancing those two, because so often Europe comes at the expense of your home form. You've just got to ask David Moyes that. He's in the conference final and he's had a relegation fight all season. Doing the two, balancing the two where you stay. You know what? With us in the Champions League, you know what the worry if, if... Eddie Howe will be in the summer and Wales want his safety first uh, bag of tricks out, is that we could suffer, if we finish third or fourth in the Premier League this year, his concern is that we'll finish lower than that in the Premier League next year because of everything we'll be doing in Europe. And that's something he will head off. That is the problem for the summer. It's not for here. But don't think Eddie hasn't thought about it because Eddie thinks about everything. And he'll have thought that. And he'll have been knocking on the door of Amanda uh, and saying, hey, this is wonderful. But if you wanted to continue to be wonderful, give me some players from that A-list if they transfer targets in the summer because I've got some juggling act to do here. And he has. But good luck to him. If anybody can do it, he can do it. Yeah, 100%. I'm sure the transfer team are already well ahead with their plans. Before I ask you then, John, for your final result prediction of the season, I think it's a good time just to thank the listeners for sticking with us this season. It's been a whirlwind season. We enjoy doing these episodes every Thursday. It really is a privilege to to bring you the preview of the game of the weekend. Um, I know and we can win 
all the awards in the world for this podcast, but it means nothing without the viewers and the listeners. So for myself and John, thank you very much for sticking with us. And like I said, we will be here throughout the summer. John, do you want to say say anything to the listeners? I want to just reiterate all that because it's like anything. You know, it's no good having a, a, a team as good as Newcastle United's if you haven't got war flags and 50,000 Geordies in the stadium every home game because they're the life and soul and the breath of the football club. And it's been an absolute joy this season to do the lot because we've been able to smile and crack jokes and be optimistic and not sound foolish in being optimistic. And it, it's been absolutely fabulous. And um you know, it's it's only going to get better. Yes, we've got to be realistic. Yes, we know it's going to be a tough juggling act next season. But would we have anybody different inside the boardroom in, in terms of Amanda and everybody that's in there, in the manager's office, in the coaching um, hut at the club, the players and more good players to come. It's been a joy doing this, and I know you picked up an award, and it was terrific even to be a small part of that, of your team that picked up the award. Let's go again next year. Let's prove that we've set standards, and we intend to keep them and improve our standards. Because we can't drag our heels. If Newcastle United are going to be a success, we've got to go along and be a success with them. So thanks to everybody that's listened. Thanks to the fans. And... um, Enjoy your summer as much as I'm going to. And uh, for what it's worth, we'll win at Chelsea and sign off in style. There we go. We could sign off then and there. But what I also want to do is just to invite the listeners to get in touch with me uh, via email, via Twitter, with any ideas for me and John this summer to cover. Because we're going to bring out again the Let's Talk About series where we, we focus on one subject. So... If you're a regular listener of the podcast, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. It's like, let's talk about Joe Linton. I think we'll do a let's talk about uh, Anthony Gordon, potentially. We would just focus on one subject. So we want ideas dropped over and we'll, we'll, we'll you know, kind of arrange us somewhere around them. We're going to bring back Gibbo's Corner as well. Um, hopefully about three episodes over the summer to, to keep you guys um, entertained. So we're looking forward to that. If you've got any ideas for a topic there where John can go down memory lane, do get in touch as well, and we'll get to work on those. You've just said there, John, Newcastle will win at Chelsea, so scrap the result prediction. Give me a score prediction. Yeah, um, it it would greatly depend on the state of mind Chelsea in. Have they got hammered in their, their second-last game before the players and what team we are able to send out? But regardless of that, I'm going uh, for 2-0. Uh, and I just, you know what? I'm saying it with my heart, not my head, because Newcastle United deserve that. They deserve to win the last game. Okay, there's nothing riding on it. And isn't that a fabulous thing to be able to say? Yes, yes. Nothing riding on it. Isn't that? Enjoy it. Isn't that great? I mean, I can't think of anything better. Um, 2 0 to Newcastle. Then we get the cigars out, we get the passports out. We look forward to the uh, summer signings. We look forward to playing either Real Madrid or Barcelona or Bayern Munich or Paris Saint-Germain and all's right with the world. I'm going to go with 2-1. I'd love Nick Pope to get a clean sheet, but I do think they will concede one. But 2-1, a victory for Newcastle United. Will they finish third? 
it depends obviously if my night would be Chelsea on Thursday evening. Who cares really? They're in the Champions League. That's what matters. We're excited for the summer. We're excited for next season. It's been a pleasure as always. This is the last match preview of the 2022-23 campaign. From me and from John, thank you as always for tuning in and we shall see you very, very soon. <laughs>